0: Welcome to Leading the Evolution with Tanya Kunze. It's all about how successful people stay successful, no matter what life throws at them. How they balance business, personal and interpersonal, while staying positive and focused. Each episode formulates a story about how champions of industry have adapted psychologically, physically and emotionally throughout their lives and specifically to the new normal in 2020. Tanya is a neuroscience coach, author, and global keynote speaker, and in each episode she investigates and digs into the skill set and methodologies her guests have applied successfully to be agile in business, medicine, and entrepreneurialism for you to practically adopt to your life.
1: Welcome back to Leading the Evolution. I'm Tanya Kunza. In our last episode, we discussed how important introspection is when navigating these uncertain times. Today, we are exceedingly lucky to have this amazing champion of industry with me in the studio, Carissa Hector. Welcome, Carissa. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. It's such a privilege to be here this afternoon. It's such a pleasure. Carissa is an admitted attorney with 10 years experience in the corporate environment, including banking, financial services, and automotive. And since 2016, she's moved into human resources as an executive at BMW Group South Africa. And she's responsible for including human resources and strategy and talent development and industrial relations and health management. (laughs) My goodness, Carissa, you've been busy. And she is passionate about driving diversity and transformation within leadership it's amazing so carissa what i'd like to start off by asking you is could you share with our listeners how these circumstances that we're in right now have forced people out of their comfort zone and into the next level well, if I just think about my HR experience and the space
0: that I operate in now, I think we had, at the beginning of the year, when we locked at our HR strategy, both globally and locally, we decided that we wanted to get closer to business. We wanted to become a strategic business partner. We wanted to be part of the conversation and not be sort of the last thought. You know, when you have a business invitation and you're speaking about strategy, HR tends to be the optional extra uh, that is invited to the meeting. And we thought, you know, we have to reposition ourselves in business. We have to be part of the conversation because we believe that our talent uh, will set us apart going forward. And what then happened was with the whole situation that we're currently now in is that we had planned to first sort of bed down that relationship, build the blocks, cement what we want to do, and then implement in terms of becoming a strategic partner next year in 2021. Well, circumstances have now changed and we've had to
1: lift our game and be part of that conversation right now. So what I find so amazing with that and what I concur with is what my my findings are in corporate because I've coached a tremendous amount of companies is that the soft skills and anything that leans into HR is coming to the fore as being most critical and most pertinent across the board. And it does impact the financial bottom line. And there have been proven aspects of that. So when employing, we've got to look at people and go, you know, what skill are you bringing? What attitude are you bringing? What ethos are you bringing? What have you found in that aspect? Well, for me, when we approach
0: recruitment and talent, um, when we do our sort of sifting process for me the skill has to be there that's that's a non-negotiable what we look at is exactly as you said it's the passion it's what you bring in terms of emotional intelligence to the party it's what you bring in terms of strategic thinking thinking out of the box thinking outside of the norms and that's what we really really look at because we do believe that our
1: Talent is what is going to give us that competitive edge in the future. Absolutely, isn't talent what differentiates us from AI, from computers? Because you can teach a computer to to do anything from a skills perspective, but what it lacks is that ability to have the human aspect. And the human aspect and the passion is what takes companies from good to great. Now you raised EQ, and I find that the most incredible topic to discuss. Let's just dig a bit deeper into what you find as a professional executive. A good EQ to be what people should strive for
0: well for me if I just look at the current circumstances that we are in we've had more leadership conversations with our leaders in the business in the last two months that we probably had in the whole of last year and what we're finding in order to just embed where we're going what we need to do in these circumstances it takes our leaders to move from a skills based of telling people what to do but understanding what drives people understanding how to communicate to people to be able to deliver a different kind of a performance and output so for me EQ is first of all about Understanding where I am, what my strengths are, how do I bring that out to play, how do I communicate effectively, how do I create a stable environment within the workplace so that my people can then be driven To succeed can be driven to deliver but also what support do I need to give my people and it's not just about telling them what to do because I think people generally know that you know how to calculate 100 plus 100 and get 200 but it's that motivational support in terms of how to get to the number how to keep people motivated how to keep people focused and looking at the full person absolutely because people bring their whole selves to work and when people bring their whole selves to work and that's it and at the end of the day that's why we employ them, employ them because we looked at the person we said skills aside you need to have that I want to employ you because of your passion I want to employ you because of what you bring to the party and if we can allow people to bring their full selves to work And tap into that potential um, and
1: drive that potential I think we can have a successful business I agree with you completely and the thing that I found fascinating because I do a tremendous amount of profiling of people but also from a neuroscience perspective I look at the left and right brain orientation big picture thinker I call the architect and then the people that do the details more your builder Mm. and what I found quite fascinating is that you get Different types of leaders and managers that lean into both of those. So you'll get the leader that's big picture thinking. And that has the positives and the negatives so a big picture thinker leader can change direction on a daily basis they literally have a shower thought come to work and they restructure the entire organization in that moment Mm -hmm. and then you've got your builder who gets so caught up in the detail that they can't move forward because it almost becomes debilitating for them and then we need to look at the profiles and see who could you potentially squash because you've put too much red tape around them, and who needs the red tape in order to actually be functional? So give me instances with your leadership strategies, if you can, where you've seen somebody that's more textbook and somebody that's less textbook that actually just takes action come through. Um, In terms of
0: moving people from left to right? Correct. Well, if. I'll take myself. Yes, so I'm a lawyer. I'm a very details person. yes. Um, of course, all lawyers know sort of every law book, well not every law book, but they look at the detail of case law, they look at regulations. And what I've found in these circumstances now is that the challenges that we're going through pushes you to that right brain. Because you're faced with a challenge, you have to assess it, you have to define what has been done or needs to be done, and then you have to go. You cannot overanalyze because exactly that, that overanalysis will debilitate you, it will lead you to not take action when people are looking for you to take action. Any action, because taking not taking action is also a decision. Um, and at this point in time, people are really looking to leaders in our organisation to do something rather than nothing. Nothing. Of course, you have to um, look at the risks and you have to weigh your risks. But taking action is what people
1: are looking for at this point in time. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the companies that are taking action are flying. I've heard some really good feedback from companies that I've been coaching online through this process where people have said you know what I'm leading and I'm jumping out Mm -hmm. there and I'm taking it and it has been more in like the DISC the so the dominant influences are really shining in this time but they are being backed up beautifully by the SNC the system structure and compliance and I think for the first time in a long time what I'm seeing a lot of are the two definitive types working together in tandem because there's no longer an us and them there's no longer a defined distinction. It's let's get this done. We have to survive. And the enemy is no longer inside, the enemy is outside. So, that corporate, what have you come across with that? You know, often in every company, there's always infighting. It's a normal dynamic, it's like with any family. But have you found a shift to unity within the organization? Absolutely. So, if I just look at my local crisis
0: team that uh, that, that that I manage, um, I have exactly that. I have your S's and your C's, which is my health manager uh, and my manager of market operations. They get the stuff done yeah. and then you have people within that committee who also can think big picture but you know what is the, the long term effect against the business if we make this decision now how is it going to affect the entire network how do we need to shift quite quickly to be able to close those gaps so I try and build around me all of that. I try and build around me all of those profiles um, so that we can build a holistic picture. But also what I found is that previously we had certain sort of divisions. This was my task, I'll do my task and then I sort of throw throw it over the fence and the next person then takes the task. And we haven't been able to do that because now we have to work together. We have to come together. We have to put aside the politics, the egos, the this is my space and you cannot move into my space because the common enemy out there is the curve. And either as a company, we can from a financial point of view fall off the curve completely or we can try and keep the curve stable Um, but we have to come together as an organization to survive Mm. um, and to make sure that at the end of the day we have a sustainable business
1: Isn't that the most amazing thing, how humanity in times of crisis tends to come together? We forget all the nonsense that we've built these pillars around us and gone this, that, the next thing. And we actually just unify and we fight the monster. If we could just move forward like that for the rest of our lives, wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely. Can you imagine that
0: if this was just, let's call it inverted commas, commas, uh, a normal business circumstance, if we were to operate like this all the time. Forget about the egos. I mean, there's always be a level of politics, I think. But focus each other against a common target a common vision yes how much more efficient and successful would we be if we just came together and unified and i think as leaders if we can paint that picture that common picture that everybody can just rally behind i think we'd be so successful i
1: agree and bringing it into the consciousness and this brings me to another topic you raised earlier which i think is incredibly important and that is communication I have worked with a company, an American-based organization, with branches in South Africa. And in South Africa, they had about 500 staff. And when I was coaching, I realized that the problem was complete miscommunication. They didn't know how to communicate within the company. And I actually sat down with the leaders around a round table. And we created, with everybody, with different tiers of the organization, we created a bespoke unique communication strategy that was then rolled out to the entire company so that the what we call like the bush telegraph was quietened and people were actually learning where to communicate how to communicate and they were given a voice is that something that you have or, or have ever implemented or would like to implement within bmw
0: It is definitely and I think just the way that we've communicated now during these challenging times is probably the way that we should communicate on a more sustainable basis because we, as I said, we've run more leadership forums in the last two months than we did in the entire of last year and it's mainly just focused around bringing our leadership together making sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of where we are, what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, who needs to make sure that it is embedded in the organization. And I think if you communicate on that continuous basis and you're really, really clear in succinct in terms of those pillars of what needs to be done, who needs to do it, how do we embed it? I think we can use that kind of formula to communicate other things within the business as well be that um, mm. a common target be that a project that we need to drive within the
1: organization and communication is absolutely pertinent clear. Yeah, I think, you know, we'd be looking, we're leaning into something so important right now. One focus, one target. Mm-hmm. If if we have a variety of focuses, having one focus, one vision, one target and leading the company. And often I think what happens is people will sit in Exco meetings or they'll sit in management forums and they'll have a big discussion about where the company's going. And then they walk out and they get into the next meeting or they get pulled into an email discussion or they're running around trying to put out fires or do whatever they're doing and they almost forget to relay that message to their team and then they carry on doing their, their daily task, and they kind of subliminally expect everyone to know what's going on and I think that is a large cause for stress in an organization. So do you have any ideas from an HR perspective how you could mitigate something like that? Well I think we've done a few things I think
0: first of all I think use different forms of of media so we whilst we have our leadership Forums, which are sort of a, a live Skype call that we have with our leadership. We also follow that up with an all-associate communication. So we don't refer to our um, employees as employees. We refer to them as associates because mm-hmm. we're all associates. We're all part of uh, making sure that the company is successful. So everybody uh, right down to the shop floor is called an associate oh, within that's our wonderful. organization. So we do follow that up with Direct communication to associates as well The other thing that we've done quite well Within the corporate office space as well as certain areas uh, Within our production is we've changed the office environment to sort of break down the walls So basically Mm. our leaders within our organization sit with their people Oh, that's great. We used to even have, we used to have glass offices, but we found that even the glass office bowl. was yes <laughs> was a barrier because you like the fish uh, on display. So, so we've brought all of our managers out of their fishbowl with their people. So, and your people know when you've gone into a management board meeting or went into an executive meeting. So immediately when you come out, they will say, what was the feedback out of the meeting? Oh, what were the key topics? So we've really brought our leaders closer to their people um, by
1: changing the office environment, making sure that we change our how we communicate to our people as well. I'm um, loving it. And these are wonderful tips, listeners, that you can start applying in your organization. So, Carissa, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Something else we chatted about just while we were setting up for the show, which I found really interesting, and that was talent acquisition. And you were referring to how people are starting to shine in this time. Do you want to elaborate? on that for me yes so what we found
0: is that because of the whole home office now people that we've had to manage differently we've had to drive um, KPIs, so key performance indicators in a different way and what we've been what we found is that during this time we're starting to see the cream rise yeah, yes. The cream and the real talent in the organization, yes. because they've had to find new ways of feeding back to the leadership, feeding back to their managers. This is what I've done. This is what I'm working on. Having to think out of the box and having to almost present in a different way, because when you are now having a meeting via a Skype call, you don't have the... The visual necessary or the auditory as you would have in a meeting so you have to your communication skills on a Skype meeting call is has to be so much more different mm-hmm. so people are needing to communicate they are needing to position themselves differently in the organization and I think this is going to become the new norm this mm-hmm. is going to become the new world of work And it's those people who are really able to embrace this new world yes embrace this new world of work to be able to communicate effectively which does take require that EQ it's not just about you know putting the numbers together Mm. you really have to influence people on a Skype call who
1: you cannot see Mm -hmm. in a different way. And it's so interesting. I love what you're saying because you're so on point with that. And the fascinating thing is my profiling tool that I use from the UK with Phil Hagen, he's created a whole dynamic of all the 48 different profiles on how those specific individuals actually are effective working from home. And reading through it, I realized that certain people need to be managed very differently by management and by leaders to assist them to be productive from home, to teach them how. Mm-hmm. Some just get on with it and they're actually just loving it, and some really need people into action. So it's really been fascinating, and that leads me into the next thing we want to talk about today, and that is um, the whole debunking of being a mom being a, an employee, being a partner, working in an environment, working from home. And I want to chat to you about how you've managed to balance being a mom of two small children, an executive at BMW, and a lawyer, and all of these things in your life. And how what do you think about it? Do you think that it can be balanced, or do you think that it's a myth that can be debunked? Well, first of all, I think it's not easy.
0: Um, the whole lockdown has forced us out of our comfort zones, have forced us to work from home, where we have to focus on topics, focus on work, and at the same time homeschool. Uh, and sometimes I think I'm failing miserably <laughs> at homeschooling, but it has allowed me the ability to just be there for for my children during this time. And I think before we went into this process as an organization, you know, we looked at working from home as a benefit, as a flexibility tool. Um, But now we've been forced on the corporate side, especially to to allow people to work from home and to manage differently and i think this whole prior to that it was people and i think leaders in our org- organization always wondered are they really working yes. are they really they put this presentation together but it did did it take them two hours and for the rest of the day they were shopping in <laughs> Um and i think what this has really shown is that people can deliver people can deliver working remotely it's about how you drive the performance it's about how you communicate to ensure that you're getting back what you need to out of your people absolutely and what it also shows and and, and I've had conversations with a lot of women before and it's Before you had to make a choice, it was either your career Mm -hmm. or be a mom. And I think what this time has shown us is that you can be a mom and be effective in your career and effectively perform from home. So whilst I think, I mean, once we get back to normality again in inverted commas, because I I don't know what the new norm is going to be. I, I certainly think that working from home within a corporate space is going to be something that we are more open to. Um, it might even open the door for women in
1: the organization yep. to have more flexibility, to be able to do both. Absolutely, and you know, if you look from the children perspective, I think what's going to happen is we, the working moms, are going to empower our children a lot more to be a little bit more independent and to learn how to navigate on the tablets or whatever it is they're using for education purposes. And that's gonna give rise to early adoption from children when they actually get out into the workforce to be a lot more strategic and functional and stronger and and more apt. So I think the future generation that's coming out of this is from a child perspective is actually gonna be much stronger which which is interesting to look out for absolutely agree with you so what i've done with my kids
0: because i'm literally sometimes i put it in 12 to 14 hour days and they have they would have a session with their teacher at let's say seven thirty in the morning yep. and then the next class is at 9 and then the next class is at ten thirty or 12. yeah because i'm in a lot of meetings the whole day i can't always monitor the time absolutely. and when they need to be in their next class so what i've said to them you ha and they're ten and eight. But I <laughs> said to them, sorry, you have to manage your time. Yep. Set a, a timer on your iPad to say my next class is at nine thirty. So you set your timer for nine twenty-five. Yes. So you know five minutes before I need to be at my there next we go. class. Enabling. Absolutely. And they've had to do that. But I've been forced
1: as well yep. because I cannot manage their time as well as mine during the day i'm in the same boat as you and it's exactly i mean it's exactly the same dynamic where we look at the schedule in the morning we structure their day we plan it i make sure i get a supply breakfast and lunch (laughs) and in between help to create some of the tools that they weren't able to like making planets and (laughs) solar systems so i'm sort of sitting on a podcast building a solar system Mm -hmm. on the side Which, yes. which is
0: funny. Yes, it is. I've learned about cuboids and pyramids. Yes, I and
1: know. And and funnels and tubes. Oh my gosh, it's been a, it's been an education to actually relearn since I was at grade four. Yes. Okay, well, Carissa, thank you so much. I'm sure that everyone has got a tremendous amount out of your interview today. Um, if they want to get hold of you, on what media can they follow you to have a look at what you're communicating? Well, I am on LinkedIn, so mm-hmm. you can find me on on my LinkedIn profile using your name, using my name. To yes fantastic well a special thank you and to our listeners for taking the time to be with us today and to Carissa for joining us and sharing your fascinating and really incredibly professional insights thank you so much thank you it was a pleasure to be here